0: I definitely I definitely feel like The Grinch is like, I feel like I relate more to The Grinch
1: every year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh my god, yes!
2: Hi, and welcome to a very special holiday bonus episode. My name's Nicole. I'm on the team here at Realm that brings you the shows you're listening to on Epic. I sat down with some of our brilliant creatives to discuss the best stories for the holiday season. Movies, books, and of course, podcasts. We explore seasonal favorites like *Scrooge*, It's a Wonderful Life, Love Actually, and make our arguments for some unofficial holiday stories and why Realm's Marigold Breach is one of them.
3: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
4: Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God and we are not its favored children. The heresies of Radolf Bandwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.
0: I'm Heather, I'm the marketing lead at Realm. Hi, I'm Rhoda. I'm a producer over at Realm.
4: Hi, I'm Marco. I'm a producer at Realm.
2: Thanks for sitting down with me today, everyone. Um, to kick us off, let's start by talking about what makes a holiday story a holiday story. Like what are the elements that you think that you need in order to be considered? A movie, a show, a book, a podcast for this time of year?
0: I think it has to be during some time, like cold time. (laughs) Like for me, that's very important. It needs to feel like cozy. Like it doesn't have to be snow, but something cold. Like
2: lots of wool. Like I love when people are wearing like wool and scarves and and cozy socks and things.
0: Yes, I think the attire is very important and just the like vibe of, of cold times It doesn't have to be, like, a specific holiday, but just, like, I can tell you're cold. That works for me. (laughs) You need to be (laughs) shivering
2: in order for this to be a Merry Christmas movie.
1: I guess the flip of that is, now I'm going on a tangent already, but sometimes I see New York holiday-type situations. And there's some lady, and she's walking around with no beanie, coat open, super cute. And I'm like, that's not, you're wearing 90 pairs of like layers. There's just, you're a mess. You're sweaty under the <laughs> beanie. You know
2: what I mean? Everyone is like, like an amorphous blob <laughs> in New York. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. We're like all uh, versions of that Maggie Simpson star where she's in that like onesie and she's just like spread out, you know? But anyway, I digress. Yeah. 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 I guess you should be cold. Although I grew up in California and it, and it never was cold. So, you know, there's that.
2: I also think you need to have like a really saccharine message that at the end of the day, it's like who your family is that really counts or like to be there for your friends no matter what, or that if you only believe things will come true, it always ends up being a little bit reverent at the end. Like it has to do that in order to be a holiday movie.
1: Absolutely. Like you like basically the main character arcs in a way where, you know, it's well, you know, I mean, my my favorite holiday movie ever, 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 it's an old one. It's Scrooged, and it's with Bill Murray, and it's like the the present past future kind I of I love parable. that you
4: think Scrooged is an it old is, movie. That that cracks me up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it
0: is. I know, I was movie. like thinking you were going to do like black and white movie when she said oh, that was old.
1: Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess it's just like, you know... Uh, you know, what makes a, a for, you know, once we're getting into messaging, what makes some of these holiday movies so memorable is the fact that they speak to your actual anxieties, you know, which I think maybe is what you're getting at in terms of a message and it being saccharine Mm -hmm. and irreverent, but, like, still kind of speaking to this, like, base desire, which is that, like... And I think we're talking about a specific kind of holiday movie, right? But it deals with family, you know? So your anxiety is about being trapped with your family and then, like the juxtaposition of the anxiety of being alone forever and like how do you like merge those two fears into like a neat and tidy story you know where we like learn something at the end or where we learn to love someone and love yeah. ourselves and let people in which i i'm even though i like have that tone as i'm saying it i actually think that they're really fun and gorgeous which again will loop me back to scrooge which is the best movie ever Moment, it has to yes. give
2: you the warm and fuzzies Like it has to, like you need to feel Like your heart grew three sizes that day oh. <laughs> It's gotta like give you Yeah <laughs> I was gonna say, the Grinch it's like, is, it, like, is it terrible? Is nothing it
4: beats the Grinch is it I mean, Bo- <laughs> Boris Karloff doing Dr. Seuss Nothing beats that
2: Wait, who? Boris Karloff?
4: <laughs> I'm sorry Did you just
2: Who's Did you that? just say who
4: oh, is no. Boris Karloff? Because I will, I will, I'm I, I will reach through my laptop and.
1: <laughs> Illuminate us, please. Illuminate I the, don't the know original... who that is either,
4: Marga. Wow. <laughs> Okay. The original animated Grinch by Chuck Jones, by the way, who's awesome. Oh, okay. Um, Boris Karloff did all the narration. He did all the voices. And Boris Karloff, of course, is oh, okay. Incredible. most famously the original cinematic Frankenstein. The creature, I should say. Ah. Oh. So and he's done. He's, he, oh. he's had a pretty cool film career in in those kinds of movies.
1: Wait, wait, I want to take this back to the Grinch, which is like, what was it? I mean, you know, this is like a like a like a really really articulated arc, right? Like, what you know what I mean in terms of like he starts off, everything's like annoying. Um at best and then like a real depressing bummer at worst. And then what like you know what I mean? Like, how does he get to the end? Like, tell us.
2: Oh, I, yeah, it's like a slow deconstruction of cynicism um throughout the story. It's Cindy Louhu.
4: Well put. It's like the
2: little bright Cindy Louhu who, who um Santa Claus he just seemed to see some of the bright parts. And I mean the Grinch, the the live action one, which apparently took like Jim Carrey a full day to sit in that makeup is very quotable. It's just a lot. I find it a lot in one to sit in one viewing and and go through it in its entirety. Uh, But if you look at little clips, like you have the excellent line when he's looking at the list of Whoville occupants and he's going like, hate, hate, double hate,
4: loathe entirely. Nice.
1: (laughs) Right. So it's like this thing that like shakes you, right? Because for some reason we are associating, like you just, you want to, it's you know what it is. It's like the event horizon of the year closing out, and you're mm-hmm. like, holy shit, I'm an asshole. Mm. And then uh, <laughs> you know you see <laughs> you see a movie where there's an asshole, and you identify with them, and then they're kind of you know bending towards this more this this better version of themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? More compassionate, more mm-hmm. patient, more curious. And then you're like, that could wow, be me. Wow, I never
4: thought of it that Even way. Now I'm going to be watching films <laughs> no, differently. For, you know.
0: I definitely, I definitely feel like the Grinch is like, I feel like I relate more to the Grinch every year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh <my> God, yes. <laughs> I'm like, I get it. So, he wanted to so stay home true. with his dog. I feel that. <laughs> it's,
2: it's true. <laughs> it's like it's true. holiday movies are returning us to a more childlike state, like a more open state where we haven't been like caked in experiences that have made us narrow our eyes and scrutiny at like joyful opportunities like The Grinch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're all The
0: Grinch. So what you're saying. <laughs>
4: We are are all the Grinch. It seems like The
1: Grinch is one of those incredible movies or, you know, just narratives actually that kind of can bridge the gap between young and old, you know, in a way that I I also think Home Alone can do that really well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because you have the child's perspective of being just kind of stomped on and the youngest and the forgotten one. And then he's literally forgotten and then somehow like takes down these two burglar bad guys. And, um, you know, and and, it, and it's it's re- like that one's fascinating because instead of it being about the the arc being, how do I become more curious and passionate it's more like how do i become more independent and there's also something like really weirdly and
0: capture criminals
1: yeah capture <laughs> yes. criminals you know what i mean but there is something like weirdly like zen well also the mom is the woman who plays moira <laughs> so anyway that's like a digression but i think i don't know like why is that why does that movie like capture the imagination i think it's because yeah, I mean, you want you want a win for this kid who's like so adorable and so smart, but I think that it's like this this like really rapid like uh kind of boiled down coming of age story within the course of you know three days or whatever, however long mm. he's away for, like reaching for this independence.
2: I was gonna say that I love like holiday movies for adults, like the since the early two thousands, and I think there's also this like. Nostalgia it feels too soon to say nostalgia but there is a bit of nostalgia for like the early 2000s Christmas movies that are getting a second life like The Holiday, The Family Stone, um like Love Actually, like all of those came out in I think the years like 2000 to 2004 and there's like a huge fan base for those every year. Um and they are very geared towards the adult holiday experience. But, you know, Love Actually, for all its problems, and it does have many and problematic elements, my favorite holiday movie. I watch it every year, and every year I have a different uh, subplot that I like the most. Um, okay, even well, what year is this one's? I haven't watched it yet this year, but I think it'll go back to uh, Colin Firth because I just, you know, I love him. Um mm-hmm. Is it actually romantic that they can't communicate and still fall in love? No. Does he wear charming turtlenecks and do his like very quintessential clip speaking? Yes. Will I love it? Yes. You know, I also love Hugh Grant's little jig that he does to the Jumper Sisters jump or the Pointer Sisters jump for my love. Is it creepy that he's falling in love with um, the woman who serves him tea and yes. (laughs) <laughs> is it also, like, have a lot of cute scenes? Also, yes. It, that movie brings out a lot of conflicting feelings, but generally, I, I just love it.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, there are... You just love a rom-com set during Christmas, right? You know I mean? I think yeah. Love Actually is, like, specifically, you know, uh, an not an anthology rom-com, but an ensemble rom-com, mm-hmm. right? But... Again, it comes back to this idea that we just like don't super want to be alone, right? or yeah. or or you know, I mean we we want to idealize the the version of ourselves that like knows how to live with other people and love other people and be loved, mm-hmm. you know, which is just like I, I mean, th- that's where like this kind of the sacine part can come in. But we have like so much more latitude for something saccharine at this time of year. You know, if you if you tried to give me something like that in March, I know absolutely not. But some reason, you know, it's like kind of cold and there's a Christmas tree up in my house and like all things go, especially
2: for like, quote unquote, dead week, the week between Christmas and New Year's like that is the time to not think a lot, to not do a lot, to just <laughs> kind of sit and watch and eat. <laughs> and, and you don't want anything, like, too challenging, speaking at least for myself. Um, and it's like the, an the insult of the comfort to
0: all of those What me- uh, an insult to all those movies. <laughs> they are challenging. They are trying to fall in love with their sweetheart that came back from the big city. And he's going to... Is trying not- to take over... <laughs> No, the no,
1: family or Family Farm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are so good. No, or like The Family Stone, which is like, you know, like the uptight bitch from the city is like coming home to her boyfriend's house and everyone hates her and like, oh, uh, just like, you know, I, notably, you know what I remember so much about this movie is, uh, god, what is the the sister's name that's in the notebook? Rachel McAdams? No, not Rachel, Rachel McAdams. McAd- Okay. Well, whatever. Yeah, I think it is right. Rachel McAdams mm-hmm. is the sister in the movie. And when she arrives at the house, she is carrying an NPR tote. And I was just like, <laughs> like, liberal family, you know what I mean? Like, not willing <laughs> to accept that this woman is just like worked super hard on her career and is really focused, you know? <laughs> and, like,
0: has anybody else watched like when I was looking through like holiday time movies while you were sleeping, which I watched on a plane a few years ago? But Wait, basically, this is a Sandra
1: Bullock movie, right? Yes. Oh my god! And
0: it's uh, yes. it's like interesting because she inserts she basically inserts herself into this family <laughs> because <laughs> this guy go, goes into a coma, and then she had like had a crush on him, and then just pretends that they were dating. And That's incredible. Yeah, Yum. and then starts spending all this time with the family, and they all love her. And I was just like, "Wow, this is a very interesting take." Wait, wait, honestly, she kind like
1: of- falls in love with her da- her brother. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Or no, no, she, his brother. Sorry. She falls yeah. in love. With- <laughs> <Not her. laughs> don't leave that part out.
0: <laughs> she falls in it's love key. with his brother ultimately, um, and then he wakes up, and you're like, "They're like, oh, but you're dating
1: him, but you fall in love with him. What happened?
3: You wait, you
0: actually don't know each other at all." <laughs>
1: Yeah, and also this is like just romance tropes, you know what I mean? Like, which we could talk about for a full day, but yeah,
0: <laughs> those are holiday movies to me.
1: <laughs> they
2: are. They do. I think they do and capture the warm and fuzzy feeling that we were saying. Like, does qualify you as, as a holiday movie. But then there's like the classics. You know, it's a wonderful.
4: Life. I love "It's a Wonderful Life." I, I
1: tell us why you love it.
4: Never miss it. Oh my god! It's. It, I mean, the protagonist is a guy who. Uh, dreams of of leaving his hometown and seeing the world and making something of himself, and he goes through setback after setback after setback. He, you know, by by uh, by the middle of the movie, he just hates the direction his life has gone, and he gets a wake up call. and And you know, by the end of it, he realizes just how special his life is, and 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 that kind of reversal just really works for me as as a holiday movie. I also think the movie is so well made. I mean, the performances, the the casting, the performances, the the humor in it, it, it never fails to crack me up no matter how many times I see it.
2: I love its wonderful life as well. I think it's like touches on all the themes that we just discussed, but in a way that's like very earnestly affecting. Like I always cry a little bit at the end. That said, it also scares me a lot. Why? It's a Wonderful Life is a scary film to me. Well, because the concept is that he never existed. And when I first saw that as a kid, I found that absolutely terrifying.
4: Like, I can so understand scary. that. It's like a, it, Yeah, it, like it's a horror movie. It's very much a Twilight <laughs> Zone episode. I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's exactly the sort of thing they would put on the Twilight Zone.
2: I always found a Christmas Carol very scary as well. Oh yeah, um, well that is
5: really well, scary—the yeah, ghost scary of Christmas ghost. Present.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, just like you know, it's it's a Grim Reaper type, or at least like in kind of modern renderings, right? <laughs> just because, isn't it? I don't know if this is in the original version, but they like show you your own oh, totally. gravestone, that's, right? That's, isn't that that's,
4: that's very int- depending on the interpretation? I mean, like I said, the written version of it or the the audiobook version of it they are just awesome they the the those moments
0: Ooh, yeah it's mm-hmm.
4: beautiful beautiful uh writing yeah and th- there's a long tradition of like scary christmas stuff you know nightmare before christmas and um and a christmas carol um there are others i'm sure but yeah there's the 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 idea of um Mixing Christmas with a scary story is is uh, is a is a cool one, I think.
2: I think the reason that like the horror scary movie works is because of the pressure around the holidays. Like you need to show up, you need to be in good spirits. It's also like this referendum on your quality as a person. Like especially a Christmas Carol, like that mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. is like have you lived up to your potential? Have you proven yourself to be? Like, the best you can be, the most open, the most giving, the most loving. And, like, he has it, and he should probably chill a bit. But, like, I think that there is a bit of a horror in the pressures that people feel around the holiday. I mean, I don't remember Mm what uh, um, The Nightmare Before Christmas is about. Mm -hmm. I I love the, what's this? What's this? But I don't remember, like,
4: the plot. Uh, (laughs) A Nightmare Before Christmas is basically a super fantastical uh, story about these isolated realms of certain holidays and one of the main citizens of the Halloween realm discovers he accidentally crosses into the Christmas realm and you know he, he it happens at a point in his life where he's like, what's it all for?" And then suddenly he um, realizes he can bring Christmas to Halloween and his attempts to mash them up are are hilarious and and very musical.
1: Yeah, and like, but like, critically, so Jack Skellington is the person who goes into the Christmas world, but he is enthralled by how creepy the Christmas world is. First of all, he thinks Santa Claus is named Sandy Claus, and he thinks of him as this like delightfully, like scary little man who comes down chimneys and then like gives you coal, and there are these little elves, and like everything is reimagined with this tinge of that's kind of creepy and yeah. sideways and funny and delightful. It's like all of these things rolled up into one. And so it's just like this really fresh take for this person, Jack, going through this existential crisis and being kind of bored with the same old, same old in Halloween. And he finds this fresh infusion of weird and delightful things that mm. he can make scary and integrate into the world. and um, And it's about kind of, resistance and kind of the merging of cultures it's about a million different things and it's really gorgeous but when you were talking about like the
2: the silliness with the creepy with the heightened mm-hmm. elements i was thinking of black friday
1: yeah um, so good. one of our shows so funny.
2: which is about mm-hmm. like a zombie invasion of a walmart-esque style show
0: i was just gonna say that capitalism is really scary and I think the idea of Black Friday in general is scary. Like, like having seen videos of people rushing around. So yeah. I think the idea, like the idea of having zombies attack right before Black Friday, I'm like, people yeah, are the mindless zombies. hordes. Like, it, yeah, like, yeah. I was. It felt. It felt like perfect. Like a a perfect analogy for like how I actually feel about Black Friday.
1: Yeah. And also, I mean, I love that it was from the perspective of an employee, like a sales associate of one of those like big box stores, you know, <laughs> just like trying to get home and like literally bring milk home and see his family. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's and it takes like this kind of analogy of the ravages of capitalism really far in this hysterical way where even kind of the the ritual that kicks off the the zombie apocalypse horde is uh, this this manager, not the main character, but this middle manager, like desperate to get a promotion, so he tries to like spell cast something like using different pieces of like the hottest new like things that everyone needs to buy in the basement of the store, and then you know awakens some sort of curse. And I just I think it's so so funny, <laughs> and also Fred Armisen, right? Like, his delivery is kind of pitch perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always say it was The Walking Dead meets Superstore, which is a
2: great half-hour comedy if no one's watched it. Um, let's also talk about unofficial holiday movies. Like, what are, you think, the official, unofficial holiday movies, and then what are they to you? And I shouldn't just say movies. Any kind of story. Like, I feel like the known one is Die Hard. That is, people always say that that is an unofficial holiday story.
1: Well, I mean, I love Die Hard just because I love action movies, but I think, you know, when you think about some of the the most memorable holiday properties, right, they are either what you were talking about with this, like, very, very human, sweet element to it, or... They're totally adjacent to the holiday. They're just like kind of taking place, and it's like people getting shot with like a Christmas tree in the background, right? <laughs> and people like remember it because it's so <laughs> it's so fun, you know. Um, but I think you know well, another holiday thing that I that I revisit, uh, you know, every couple of years is uh, one of the Michael Keaton Batman movies. Mm. Have you guys seen the one with Michelle Pfeiffer in it? Mm -hmm. As Catwoman. Mm -hmm. She's she's incredible. I mean, they're both incredible, but there's this really amazing scene where I think she's like just, she's like depressed and it's during the holiday and she's drinking too much wine. And uh, um, there's a, a neon sign that says hello there. And then she like, she like uses the wine bottle and then pokes out the O and then the T and it says hell here, you know, <laughs> it's so like kind of dark and classic. And this is like very, I think, I think people like dark That's takes another on one by Tim Burton. So
4: he's obviously, uh, mm-hmm. you know, got a lot of thoughts on the subject.
3: This episode of Epic is brought to you by Wild Grain. I want you to take a moment and imagine the smell of fresh baked sourdough bread filling your house. Or maybe it's croissants, if that's more to your liking. Now, what if I told you that you could get this delicious experience without covering yourself in flour and without leaving your house? Well, you can, if you order from Wild Grain. What's Wild Grain? Well, it is the first ever Bake From Frozen subscription box. You get sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and pastries that go from your freezer to your oven and ready to serve in 25 minutes or less. I just got my first box and it had three different sourdough loaves, biscuits, croissants, and two different kinds of pasta. I made the orange cranberry biscuits right away. And I cannot tell you how wonderful my house smelled and they tasted even better scallops and wild grains fresh fettuccine is on the menu for this week and I plan to pair it with the olive oil ciabatta loaf. (sighs) Doesn't that sound so good? If you're a carb lover like me and you want good carbs free of preservatives and artificial colors and flavors then you'll want to get a subscription right away. And now you can fully customize your wild grain box so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box. Plus, free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com epic to start your subscription. You heard me, free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com epic. That's wildgrain.com slash E-P-I-C. Or you can use promo code EPIC at checkout.
5: Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. and how he rose from nothing to become New York's king of the egg cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Yes, the I was going to say speaking of superhero movies, my, I was going to say Iron Man 3, which just it's like people don't I guess I think people don't like Iron Man 3 generally, but it's just it's just like takes place during the holidays. All of the action, you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, it's it's snow." there's no things happening like iron man they put like a santa hat on him but it's not about the holidays but it's still i feel like touches on all those things mm-hmm. that the holiday mm-hmm. movies do where it's like teaching him a lesson and he meets this little child and he has to deal with like all these things going inside going on inside of him um but it's not like an actual like i don't know if they ever address the fact that it's the holiday time but but it's just like there and it's like implied
4: the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Has anybody seen it? No. no. Should we? Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> Tell us. I highly recommend the Guardians of the Galaxy okay. Holiday Special. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, it's only forty five minutes. It's it's hilarious. It's heartwarming. Uh, it's delightful. The songs that they got for it are great. Uh, yeah, just just a. I don't want to spoil it, but it's it's a lot of fun.
2: Well, I love getting lost in like a sci-fi action adventure. Like Marigold Breach is one that I would love to listen to while I'm wrapping presents. Um, I feel like it could take you out of your present moment and like transport you while you're doing like your mundane prep tasks for the holidays.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Because there's like, yeah, because there's this element of Well, you know, the deep world building that went into Marigold Breach is absolutely incredible and does remind you of those like epic franchises that are coming out around the holidays. But also the intimacy of those two characters and that kind of arc and potential romance and whatever it is, it's just it's it has all of these elements that we've been talking about in terms of just trying to, you know, well like i don't know what i'm trying to say it's like they there's a connection between the two of them and they're investigating it and like even though like there is no holiday adjacent stuff to it we'll always come back to how to connect with people around the holidays you know yeah Um, and and people
2: becoming better through like connection and love Mm -hmm. and like more noble more brave stronger um all of that stuff But I was going to say, I don't think it actually even needs to have holiday visuals in order to be a holiday movie. I think that there is such a thing called the winter blockbuster. And these are the films that come out between Thanksgiving and New Year around like generally like December 17th, December 18th is a big release day. These movies are, this is, you know, Harry Potter came around that time of year. Lord of the Rings came out that time of year. Star Wars. Um, the new uh, trilogy came out all around that time of year as well. These are all my winter blockbusters. They're like big franchises that have no elements of like winter of anything. Mm-hmm. And they are to me holiday films because every time I watch them, I think of like the first time I watched them, which is around this time of year. And it's like a big deal for me and my family to get ready to go see one of these movies that we're very excited about. And it reminds me of home and i feel like uh-huh. um action films and blockbuster films they also tap into that itch which is that it's like you know it will likely end well um but you're going to have a lot of fun until you get to that ending
0: i feel that way about musicals like my like i'm just like very weirdly lame is like stuff like that would come out <laughs> or, like they always <laughs> like <laughs> <He does. laughs> yes they release all these movies that are like big musical movies that families can watch together around around the holidays. And then I'm like, there's nothing inherently holiday about Les <laughs> Like, I guess it's cold. They're all very cold. They're all very cold. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there's something about it that feels holiday
1: because it came
0: out that time of year and it's like something you could watch with your whole family and it's like three hours long. I don't know. It's like an epic.
1: <laughs> yeah, you guys are talking about like family-friendly things with like very... Very noble messages and like mm. big world building and stuff like that, but um, you know, counterpoint, which is that Twilight was a holiday movie that yes. came out on Thanksgiving every year, four years in a row. <laughs> and, and, and like, sure, sure, most people or no, a lot of people think it's terrible. Most people fucking love it, but like, you know, and it's I'm
2: one of them. Yeah, potentially
1: I love it. <laughs> a terrible portrayal of the. An inaccurate portrayal of the BDSM community, but I still think it's like hysterical. You know what I mean? That that was like the big holiday blockbuster. I think I saw all four of them in movie theaters too. <laughs> I
2: feel like Overleaper could also be a holiday story. It could be like the mm-hmm. um the wintertime version of Independence Day. You know, it's like Bam Bam action, have to save the world. <laughs> <laughs> like you could see a whole family going to see it in theaters or like sitting around a fire and listening to it. There also doesn't have to be a fireplace. I've never had a holiday with a fireplace, and it's very sad to me, so I'm gonna say sitting around anything listening to it, it would be a great family activity if well. you
0: made it where it was like they were gonna assassinate the president at the Christmas tree lighting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was gonna say Overleaper is incredible, but I I didn't think of it as family entertainment necessarily. You know what I mean? I mean,
0: there's, there's a child. There's a child.
1: <laughs> well, give him a child. <laughs> Well, okay, actually, you know, um, we what we didn't get to talk about was Gremlins, which is just like the, you know, because like that is a movie that tons of children watched. I was one of them. And and then I I loved it and I thought it was so good. And I rewatched it recently. And it's total insanity. Like just just from just every aspect you could imagine, every entry point you have of it, you're, you're just like. What the hell is this? First of all, the gremlins are so weird. I don't even know what they are, are the aliens. But anyway, the way that they multiply, like, there are all these arbitrary rules around them, right? They can't get wet. They can't eat after midnight. Whatever it is, <laughs> right? You're just like, where did these come from? Like, they were stoned making these rules up, right? Like, they're not based off of anything. And then some of them are nice. And I I, I just... And they, they just run amok over Christmas time. Like, I... I don't even know what the hell happened. Does anyone else seen it or remember
0: it? I've never seen it, but I feel like they did it for merchandise. I'm just guessing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Okay. So capitalism is evil.
4: Christmas monsters, by and large, I I think are fun. I mean, my dream Christmas movie is for Guillermo del Toro (laughs) to do a Krampus film.
1: Oh, damn. I think that would be fantastic. There is a Krampus film, right? Watch. But I've never seen it. But oh, yeah,
4: I think there's more than one. Mm-hmm. But what I want is for Del Toro to tackle it and do it, you know, a la Penn's Labyrinth or something.
1: Uh, can you tell us more about the? It, it's Scandinavian, right? Like Krampus. Like, does anyone?
4: Oh, uh, Krampus! Uh, it's a uh, yeah. It's uh, it's like most of Christmas. Krampus is from Northern European folklore, I believe, and uh, it. It's basically, uh, he's basically a, a goat-like counterpart to uh, Santa Claus, who, um, who's yeah, he, his <laughs> job is to, uh, you know, um, punish the the naughty children uh, on on Christmas Eve. He's not he's not seen as like the enemy of Santa Claus or even you know the enemy of humans. He's just another holiday spirit who has a function and. Uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> Everyone it's, has a role. He's pretty
4: he's pretty scary. There are actually Krampus parades that take place throughout the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, you can mm-hmm. YouTube this stuff. It's awesome. Krampus is an amazingly um underappreciated aspect of the holidays.
1: Well, you just did remind me that we like everything we've discussed, like, uh, you know, apart from uh Christmas carol and all the different variations of it, it's just like all of these pieces of media downplay like the scary punitive like elements that comes from these original kind of uh you know pagan holiday-esque stories right you know i mean if if christmas is just like an amalgamation of different like pagan rituals right from all over the world to like it's uh yeah there's something scary like you're supposed to be scared right you're supposed to be like the- i don't know if atonement's the right word but it is a period of reflection where if you were naughty, it's like, you either, you know, at, at best you got coal, and then at worst, like, Krampus came to, who the fuck knows, eat you? Like, you know what I mean? This, like, scary goat demon <laughs> coming to punish you.
4: <laughs> that actually that actually goes back to what, you know, a lot of us were saying earlier about what what elements constitute a holiday movie. And they all involve some form of, of self-reflection, right? I mean because mm-hmm. you the, the, the main character is usually on a journey from being you know maybe not in a completely bad place, but in not a great place and and they're um, they're finding their way to a good place. And I think that that uh, yeah, that's the, the that's an element that a lot of these stories have in common.
1: Or there's like a, you know what we didn't get to talk about is uh, Edward Scissorhands. Is like, that uh, a holiday? How is that yeah. a holiday movie? Oh, the snow, uh, the cookies, oh,
4: okay. the snow.
3: I don't actually to... snow.
0: He's crafting. Yeah, he's very crafty.
1: Oh yeah,
4: another another Tim Burton movie.
1: Another Tim Burton movie. You're right. You're right. I love a Tim Burton movie. Um, right. But, you know, like, yeah, I guess I don't I assumed it took place around the holidays, but it definitely took place during snowy season. And uh, um, that is kind of another take on what we perceive to be a monster, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and this kind of empathetic look at people who are, you know, the people who are. Are the ones who terrorize others, right? Are just like trying to live their lives. (laughs) Just trying to be a dude who cuts hair and yet, you know? know
0: he just has scissor hands he just has scissor hands
2: it's got holiday elements because it takes place in like a very sunny suburban area where everything is the same right and at the end of the movie i believe that there's a holiday party winona ryder's wearing this beautiful white dress mm-hmm. and she comes out and meets him on the lawn and they bid their adios spoilers for edward scissor hands and then he goes up to his creepy castle like and 30 is, years old is, it's okay yeah. He's making beautiful <laughs> ice sculptures like he does with the with the shrubs down in the suburban town earlier in the movie, but he's making these beautiful ice sculptures and it causes it to snow and then Danny ah. Elfman's score swells and it's like Ooh. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Thank you so much everyone for joining us today.
4: Well, thanks for having us, Nicole. Thank you.
2: Thanks. thanks so Nicole. much. It was really fun.
0: Happy, <laughs> happy, have, holiday.
2: happy holidays. Happy holidays. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to rate us five stars and subscribe. We hope you have a really happy holiday season and a wonderful new year.